doctor reading that law line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are in a coup they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Is that working? Sound now. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. No audio. Did you buy Dawson's sound card? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I know what it is. Uh, desktop audio properties. Uh, mixcast, mixcast. Out. Is that working? Check, check. One, two. All good now? All good? <laughs> Is it very quiet? How about that? Um, <laughs> Is it working? People say it's working, but <laughs> hear me now. Hear me now. Uh, all right. Um, 
what can I, where to start? Where to start? That's the thing. Uh, the, so what, what have I been doing? I haven't even put out any alerts, have I? I'm, I've been so trying to fix everything on the fly as I've tried to do streaming. And uh, I, I want um, people to uh, join the stream. It would be, ah, forget it. Look, look as a, just trying to crawl back from the, the technical issues that I had. So the last stream was plagued by, well, essentially the PC was overheating. And the simple fact is, is that I buy these self-contained water coolers for the CPU. Generally, they work very well. And, but, but after running for a few years, they tend to, um, the, the fluid levels drop. And that's just because eventually, you know, it's, it's under pressure and uh, more atoms of water will sneak out and go wherever. Anyway, the <laughs> so I thought, oh, got everything solved. Amazon was going to save me because they could do a delivery same day. And yeah, the, the heater came through same day. And I dutifully, as I realized that I've got, uh, I've got commitments. I've got to, uh, I've got to save the world from my, from, <laughs> from, from sitting behind my desk, railing, railing at the camera. And so I begin the process of taking out the old heater and as people would remember that uh the stream previous to that which was with albert uh, I, I was all flustered because i had to roll out of bed and i'd put the heating on and you know it's a very old style kerosene here they're very common here in japan and the ignition thing is broken so i have to sort of take the flue off and light it with a lighter to let it go and i've i was in a rush just because I, I need to warm the place up i need to sleep i put the flue back on it didn't sit right in into the thing but usually it starts the yellow flame anyway i don't think anything of it went to bed woke up in the morning and um it was just sort of the yellow flame was still there and then i sort of began to notice that everything was just covered in in this black soot including everything up like it took days to clear out my sinuses even though i would be aggressively um snorting up water and and trying to clear out sinuses so anyway I, I, everything's got coated my my pc is failing just because of uh constant use hard use over years i get the i get the new cooler and i'm begin the process of taking it out and of course a, a pc with fans on it is going to be sucking in air from the from the environment so i start the process of taking stuff out and i realize oh shit you know it, like i've just got this black soot on my fingers and so i sort of it it's it's no longer a job that I could do just basically with the PC sitting at my feet right here. So I have to take out what is a very, very substantial box. Let me just. Uh, this is uh, the Jihad Science Show. We are ready, ready, ready for doing uh, all types of measurement and quantification. And I will tell you that this box is approximately, let's see. Uh, 
So, uh, in terms of width, it's about 33 centimeters wide. 400 uh, length, width, breadth. Uh, from front to back, it's 400. And the depth of it is uh, four, 400. 47 centimeters so it's it's a substantially sized uh box and because you know the doc his uh he comes from very much a uh gaming enthusiast when i was growing up is how i sort of learned learned uh to get comfortable with pcs anyway i sit there i'm beginning this process of taking out radiator realize i've got everything's covered in soot and so I start the process, uh, I have to lift it out of this tiny room, which is no small thing because the door is so, it's so jam-packed full of boxes and garbage behind me. It's not garbage, it's all stuffed dear to me. And uh, the room is full, it's full of equipment. So I have to struggle to lift it out, get it through the door, take it downstairs. Um, I basically have to run what's a, well, it's a compressor. Right, so to just try and um, blow soot off, I've got to wipe everything down and just clean. I just clean everything, right, because it's already full of dust, etc., and all that dust is coated in this black shit. I do the job of putting in the radiator and the heat sink. Uh, nothing too complex. I mean, it's a big heater and or, or big cooler. I get it in, and my... To my dismay, and I'm, it's not like I'm a stranger to like the large graphic cards, okay? And this, and that's why I have these big PCs, just be, just, it's out of habit. I don't like small laptops. I don't like anything. I'd like to be able to get my hands in there. Anyway, the graphic card that I had, which worked perfectly fine in it because the cooler or the radiator bolted to the top of the of the box, the the case. I've I've put this new one in in the front, and the graphic card I have is now that like they've increased them even bigger than the last um, last generation of cards, and it's literally one and a half centimeters too long to fit into this box there's no way no how i could get it in i could probably have taken the fans off the cooler etc and i was debating whether to do that or not and i i, I didn't and <laughs> to my to my internal shame whilst my boy is sitting next to me i took i took my daughter's christmas present which was a graphic card but like one of the smaller forms, you know, kids don't need such a big graphic card. And I've took her Christmas present and put it into my PC. I feel terrible, 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 terrible. But, but I got, I got it. Um, <laughs> it's working. It's working. I could stream right now. Um, but uh, at the expense, at the expense of my children. <laughs> I feel such a terrible dad. Um, I really do. But uh, <laughs> it is. What can I say? 
<laughs> I, I didn't know what else to do. And um, I don't have the budget after buying the kids all um, new graphic cards for Christmas <laughs> to get a new one. And my my fancy graphic card is sitting there like a fucking dumb paperweight right now. I'm keeping them fed and housed. <laughs> right, I guess. I guess. I gotta justify it somehow. I gotta justify it somehow. <laughs> and, uh... Anyway, that's the uh that's the state uh <laughs> that I'm in right now. But amazingly we've got a stream a stream up and running, which because I've built the box back up, I don't know what's happened. Yeah, uh, there were I, I don't know. There was issues, obviously, as I've started OBS. Everything looked fine, and then um, oh, now things are not fine. And now I'm wondering whether the desktop audio. Let me let me just try something real quick. If I do. Just Saddam drip. Do you hear Saddam drip? Can you hear that? I'm gonna donate for your daughter right now. Yeah, please do. Saddam. Uh, you hear that? All right. Um, that's one problem solved, I guess. Um, well, I still don't know how the uh, Go fund Skid's graphic card. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about, Father, stream harder. Stream harder. Go harder. Um, you know what? I, if I was to raise uh, money for anything, it would be, I've decided, I think, that I have to go for surgery on my back. It's um, It's not improving and uh i have uh i've found that there is a new a new procedure for removing herniated discs that's an outpatient procedure and literally they you can be on your feet within the hour and but it's not covered by insurance in japan but there are clinics that do it and um Levels seem nice too compared to Mike. Um, is the mic off? Do I need to speak louder? I've got it maxed there. Check, check, check. One, two, one, two. Is that better? I'll, I'll swallow the, uh, the microphone. It's all good. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. So... I was uh well I'll get I'll get into what I want to do my back. Um don't fuck with it. <laughs> I've been fucking with everything else. Um may as well uh, may as well go the whole hog, right? And put that around like that. And the oh that that's made it too loud. Is it too loud? I don't know. Anyway, so we're gonna be doing I had a, I, I, well, what was I supposed to be doing? I was, I'd arranged to do a stream with Commander Rixie. And unfortunately, he's given me permission to say, but Commander Rixie is 
in the ER. Again, um, quite serious symptoms. And um, it's not the first time that he's had to be in the hospital over the Christmas period, New Year period. And, uh, well, I'm I'm concerned about him. And so the, the plans for the content that I had f for streaming then was, uh, that was going to be an interesting stream because there's lots of stuff come out. But uh, I want to save that for when uh, he is, and I'm sure he is, if we all pray for his recovery. Um, and the and so I've had to sort of come up with a stream on the fly. What's what's interesting and uh, what's not? I I sound incredibly loud in my ears, though. Are you sure that are you sure the mic is uh, the levels are okay? Yeah, it looks okay in the meter reading. But um, give the mic some yellow cake kitchen sod. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yellow cake what? The, the uranium? Am I allowed to say uranium? now on uh on public streams who knows anyway the so yes please prayers for uh commander rixie he's literally sitting in the er right now with the ekg machine going bananas and uh well we'll hope that they get him under control if i had to put well to just try and like, knowing what i know I've got a feeling that Charles might be developing dysautonomia. And as we know that dysautonomia is now being recognized as a very, very common side effect from SARS infection and also the vaccines as well. Maybe I should uh, pull up that paper real quick. I did uh, put it, where was it, here? I'll pull this one up and I'll start to get into the stream. Ah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Put that here. And let's do this. Hopefully it's going to work. Is the sound still working? Can you hear me? Is that working okay? Check, check, check. Sound check. One, two, three. Sound check. One, two, three. Okay. It seems to be spike related. Maybe, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else would explain the spectrum of symptoms that he has, and this autonomia seems to fit the bill very, very well. Kev, we can't have you ending up like Hawking. I hope they don't remove everything. Um, has Charles had the vaccine? Yeah, he's had COVID and the vaccine. Um, so there's that. Uh, so what I will do is uh, right now, oh, we changed screens, right? But yeah, this, um, I wanted to look at this paper, but it's, well, I just, <laughs> it's a, there's too much on my plate to be able to sort of address every paper that comes out because it just takes such a long time and uh, it's, it's hard work doing this. And I, and of course I tried to make it yeah, somewhat entertaining. So you get the, uh, what should I say, like sort of radio entertainment, like, uh, takes on stuff. And, uh, I kind of enjoy it. And, uh, there's a, uh, a, a good, a good proportion, a good proportion. There's, <laughs> there's a, there's a steady audience out there that wants to hear it, but here's something that might explain, 
um, Charles situation, which is asymptomatic autonomic dysregulation after recovery from mild COVID-19 infection re revealed by analysis of heart rate variability responses to task load. And um, just to uh, give you some insight, Charles, basically this time I had to go into the hospital. His blood pressure was 178 over 120 and his pulse was 140 and as I was talking to him as he's laying on the gurney waiting for and I'm personally I'm shocked at just how bad the treatment or, or he's being treated over this period and just how um, I don't know flippantly they're trying to treat his symptoms and i don't know i guess it's like an er will get will give you prescriptions stabilize you and then I, I suppose you're supposed to go and see your primary care physician but charles can't see a primary care physician till uh the end of january and so he's he gets a handful of tablets and then and then symptoms come back and uh this is uh this is what he's dealing with. So, um, yeah, we can, but uh, we can, but pray. And he's asked for your prayers. So, um, we've got to, we've got to keep that marine alive because uh, he's uh, he's probably he's probably about the uh, one of the few effective people that are out there doing this type of stuff. Uh, let's see, I'm not American. Doctors are good at writing prescriptions and bolting on huge fake tits. That's about it. But yeah, but they won't even give him a prescription. That's the thing. And I, I find this, like, in Japan, I don't know, You get, I guess you get spoiled, right? I can I could walk into the hospital right now and I, I could probably, uh, well, well, for sure, I could get, let's say I wanted to go and get my back taken or looked at, right? They would give me the MRI probably that day. And um, they would, and if I needed, uh, yes, they would give probably a short prescription, but I could go and see a doctor the next day. I could choose any doctor. I could walk in, present my insurance card, et cetera, and they would, um, they would write a prescription for 30 days, et cetera. Um, they will kill him if he lets them. Well, um, let's try to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, let's see. The doctor's are on holidays and they're not coming back for anyone, maybe. Changing Woodward says, hello, sorry for bothering you. I want to offer promotion of your channel. Uh, how about you get fucked? <laughs> Go away, Changing Woodward. You've already disturbed my flow um, for that. I detest you. Uh, let's see. So, let's see. Endoscopic treatment of lumbar ligamentum flavum cyst by intralaminar approach, a minimally invasive and effective alternative to open surgery. I'll ask the surgeon. Yeah, so I'll just show um, what I was interested in. Where did I put the link? Oh. Let's see. Do this. I had it just a second ago. So the doc, I need the following this 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 so i want to go for is it psych 
the PLDD method and percutaneous laser disc decompression. And uh, amazingly, PLDD is a laser treatment to reduce the pressure inside a disc, which is caused by disc herniation. PLDD has a long history in Japan, has been used since the 1980s. Many patients in Japan have received this treatment. However, PLDD only treats herniated discs and may not be suitable for patients with collapsed or more discs. In our clinic, the cell gel method or ozone therapy may be recommended depending on the extent of treatment of this one. Under local anesthesia, a one millimeter puncture needle is inserted into the disc while using X-ray fluoroscopy equipment. The laser is then used to irradiate the lesion according to its conditions. And uh, PLDD procedures performed under local anesthesia. Yada, yada, yada. And I, I guess I'm at the extrusion scale of um, herniation right now. PLDD is effective for mild to moderate herniated discs, especially those that have high internal pressure and have not extruded from the ligament. Uh, the cell gel method is more effective treatment for the extrusion and sequestrated types of herniation. I don't think I have sequestration. I, I don't know. Let's have a look at my uh, MRI, shall we? Um, Brady and... I need to I need to get an updated uh, MRI. This one's slightly old. Uh, continue evaluation. Yeah, I know I have twenty four days. Go away. Start, damn you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's do this again. No, go away. And whilst that's sort of filling it up, I'll have a, I'll sit and natter a little bit. Uh -oh. It's starting to populate maybe yeah so here you can see the docs herniated disc there there and basically they can go in and remove that herniated component and if they can do it in an outpatient i've got to pay for it though that's the thing which will essentially just wipe wipe me out um but I don't know, which, which, which would you rather have? Uh, a little bit in your bank account or uh, a, um, for those that are confused about what's on the screen, maybe I can draw something on here. Is there no marker? Well, I can do this. So there. That's the disc, and then it should stop there, and then it is poking out. Wait, essentially, nearly a centimeter than it should do. Yeah, so it's the boundary should be 1.89, and it's sticking out to 2.64, 2.6. So nearly a 
centimeters worth of protrusion outside of my disc. It's bloody painful, and um, I, I've lived with that for many years. But because I sit down streaming for so long, it's a nightmare. Same day, outpatient spine surgery seems legit. Um, it is. Well, this is the world that we live in today, right? So the only reason that I'm considering this is because it's an outpatient procedure, which is they don't cut through the muscle. They use a small endoscope to go in. And so they'll guide to that protrusion and then just blast it and pick out all the debris. And yeah, no, no impatient, nothing. And uh, no cutting of muscles, no whatever. And uh, when you look at that and then think about the skateboard tricks at iron rail bars as a kid, yeah, yeah. Uh, if the Japs do it, probably wouldn't go within a thousand feet of it here in the US. <laughs> Is that where they needled the stem cell injections? Yes. They're not doing anything though. And, you know, the the price of going and doing stem cell injections, I don't know, like for six months, I guess it's a smaller cost, so I can sort of swallow it every couple of weeks. But it would probably mount up to the same in terms of, if, if, if you said I had to do six-month treatment um, versus a day and... I don't know if anyone has experience with this method I would uh I would be interested to um hear what your experiences were but you know the fact that it's sticking out uh, nearly a centimeter is not good you could probably even argue that other discs are not in good shape but this one here is messed up as well the one below it uh, L1, 2, 3, one. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So L4 and L5 are for sure problematic. Oh, shit. And <laughs> just uh, the one above it as well so probably three discs are messed up but those bottom two are for sure problematic <laughs> they should be in line with the with the bones there But uh, pressing on me, uh, me, me dorsal root ganglions. <laughs> it does look like a protrusion instead of extrusion. That is good. Yeah, the, you know, this MRI is from a year ago, though. So I've got a feeling it feels a lot worse at the moment. Uh, let's see. Uh, snippy, snippy. And he says, yes, very legit. Did perioperative with those types of procedures for a couple of years. Patients do quite well, usually. Okay, it's good to know. 
Some of the world's best acupuncturists in Japan just saying, yeah, I know. I've tried all that. Doesn't work. Sorry. I, I, I get, I understand why people want to say, try all these alternative therapies, etc. And uh, I've, I've done it. Believe me. Um, I'm not against it. I think they can be helpful. They're just sometimes that they don't work. And in my situation, um, it's, look, I, I basically my existence now is sit in this chair and then I'll be exhausted from it. And then I'll, I have to go and lay down and, you know, and again, it's a combination of a lot of things. And we spoke about the amyloid building up in, um, in, in muscle tissue, right? We did that. We did that in the last study we looked at or last paper we looked at and, um, post exertional malaise. And I tried to explain that, um, usually if you're in normal health, exercise can be rewarding. You, you get sort of endorphins and even though there's sort of pain because you've put your body under stress, there's a, a feel good component to it. Whereas if you have any of these sort of chronic conditions and for sure I've been, I've been belaboring with MECFS since my twenties and I got another intense dose of it from four years ago. There's no, everything is painful and there's this just post-exertional, what they would call malaise, pain, etc. that we looked at and just trying to do the stuff with my PC, which would be something that eh, not so long ago I could have handled all that. No problem. It killed me. It was um, incredibly, incredibly um, frustrating that something so uh, well should be within the realms of being able to treat um, normally, and I'm I can't do it, and you know the. That's the problem with, oh, that doesn't, I wanted to, yeah, <laughs> yeah that protrusion there, man, <laughs> man, how long is that one, where's me, where's me measuring stick, come here, so that one is, nearly a centimeter eight yeah, but oh. Yeah, you could you could probably argue I've I've got three that need doing. <laughs> Please donate to the doc's uh, um, spine rehabilitation program. Have you tried NAD subcutaneous? Uh, the nucleotide adenosine. And look, um, little molecules and alternative therapies are not going to fix anatomical disruptions like that 
that's not a um i appreciate people's concerns i really do uh that's that is beyond uh a and it's uh, it's too much of a old injury it's sort of it would have been locked in there by uh fibrotic type tissue etc and um there's no there's no herbs that are going to fix that sorry all right start work start working out right i can't work out that's the thing i can't do anything right now can't walk anywhere can't do anything because it's bloody agony and nothing nothing works um the mri is the white inflammation no it's just uh how it sort of looks on tissue it's um high water high fat um content but it is a uh, it is a thing to behold, though. I mean, amazing that we can do this and see these uh, these pathologies like this. And um, now they can do keyhole surgery that can ablate that away. And like I say, I'm very very uh, tempted to uh, to do it. Um, Holy shit, diversity. Indian is looking like the Crypt Keeper. Uh, you're on about Kui? Yeah, he does not look uh, well, to tell the truth. And I hope it's nothing serious. But um, yeah, he's he's for sure uh, not taking the, uh, the knocks and tumbles from life too well, I would argue. Uh, neither am I, by the way. Uh, can't they use nanobots? <laughs> right, right. All right, so let's do the stream. So rather than me sort of wittering on about, oh, me aches and pains, oh, God, ah! uh, I don't want to sound too old. So let's uh, let's dive in. Uh, reminder, everyone, that uh, oh, we'll just do this. Please, please, please uh, support the stream. Uh, go to mccandojo.com and hit that big blue button. Use those usual cards. You can use PayPal, uh, Patreon, buy me a coffee, subscribe to our cryptocurrencies, join the Discord, Gilded, register to be notified if uh, you would like to receive an email and let us, let us delve in. And uh, just a reminder that we have our own, um, our own streaming and video on demand platform. You can find me live there and uh, stop giving your precious data to big data. Um, you'll feel better and they'll feel poorer, um, funnily enough. Uh, get on with it. <laughs> yes, get on with it. Bloody hell. Bloody hell, get on with it. Right, so uh, what did I have next? So, uh, yeah, we did that. This is for, I think this is what's happening with Charles. Almost he's in the hospital. Done that one. And uh, I'll skip that one. And I, I was going to do the noticing because my Twitter was full this morning because uh, Lindsay... <laughs> Lindsay had uh, had come across uh, a, a main man. I've forgotten his name, Christopher. I've forgotten his name. But anyway, who's in charge of the CDC? <laughs> the noticing is a happening. And uh, like I say, we have to, uh, to try to be objective about this. And uh, in the current environment, the battle threat environment, uh, we have a, how should we say, what is an ideologically driven group uh, that engages in rampant in-group preference and has and is driven by a, uh, 
supremacist ideology where they think that their their divine right is to rule over you and uh, basically for you to be their slaves and um do me a favor and try shaofu's you chang for your back you know what i want to try join i want to try and go in and cut out that thing that's pressing up against my uh spinal cord and basically making it so i've got what appears to be severe myoclonia and cramp in my leg and uh i'm even having a problem to piss properly at the moment so um that's that's what i want to do drastic drastic times call for drastic measures but uh, the noticing is taking place on twitter and uh they've put it to music which is kind of cool uh, maybe I should just check that. Yeah, it's playing at normal speed. And uh, who's in charge of the CDC, folks? In charge of the CDC that was controlling and telling our government to shut down small businesses and what they recommend for the mandates of the vaccines and Pfizer and all. At the time when COVID was being enacted, I'm going to read off the staff of who's in charge of the uh, CDC. The director of the CDC was Rochelle Walensky, dual citizenship with Israel. She's a Jew. Deputy Director of the CDC, <laughs> Ann Shawalchik, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. CDC Chief of Staff, Sherry Berger, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. CDC Chief Medical Officer, Mitchell Wolf, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. CDC Director of the Washington Office. This is, this is pertinent to the topic. We're talking about COVID, right? Yeah, this is, this is pertinent to COVID, so I love you, Jennifer. Yeah, please. So, director of the CDC of the Washington office, Jeff Rezik, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. COVID czar, Jeff Zaints, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. COVID senior advisor, Andy Slavitt, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. Uh, assistant of health secretary for this human services for our country, the assistant. This is out of order. Please, please stop the noticing. We cannot handle any more noticing. <laughs> of health secretary rachel levine transgender dual citizenship with israel yes can i ask that you hold off christopher ma'am i'm almost done mr head of pfizer the the chair has ruled that your comments are out of order she's asked you to stop the chair has that's out of order Exactly. Okay, keep on going. Head of Pfizer vaccines, Albert Erla, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. Pfizer chief scientist, Michael Dostin, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. Moderna chief scientist, Paul Zaks, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. BlackRock, everyone know BlackRock? BlackRock CEO, Larry Fink, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. I said we're willing to sacrifice our ego, our reputation, and our lives. Yes, ma'am, and I love you, and I appreciate your patience. Uh, BlackRock president, <laughs> Rob, uh, Rob Capital, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. Uh, the CDC chief medical officer of Johnson & Johnson, Joanne Waltriker, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew. Uh, chief medical officer of Merck, Michael Rosenthal. <laughs> now, why would we be playing this? Well, as we look at world events and we... We try to, uh, us Untermensch, try to fathom what is going on as we see the world pivot, particularly the West pivot around the uh, the Middle East, the uh, the black fetid heart of Abrahamism and uh, the mindfuck that it's done to uh, you and your loved ones. And uh, behind it all, behind it all, what took away your, how should we say, your heritage to uh, your European, uh, your Europoid, 
culture uh, <laughs> through subversion. Yeah, well, once a mighty race with the Romans uh, conquering, conquering and uh, laying down order, building roads, aqueducts. <laughs> has all got taken away and uh we have to ask ourselves who who would who would want to be pivoting the world in this particular direction who holds the reins of power and as we're uh, as we're talking about this uh this one in particular and maybe people have uh, wandered in here because uh, they've been following Lindsay's posts it gets worse it gets worse christopher Christopher, would you take it away again, please? Tell, please tell who could be who could be leading us into a global conflagration uh, driven by ideological, not just ideological, mercantile, mercantile reasons, and uh, they're playing you along. Uh, Let's talk about who operates the most powerful positions of our country. Real quick, my name is Christopher Wood, and I'm running for mayor of Wausau. And I'm going to be going through a strategy and a plan of action after I read this list. <laughs> Punjabi preface says, God forbid, not a Hindu among them. Well, um, yes and no. Uh, what's Rishi Sunak? I want to, I, I would wager, I would wager that he would be of the Brahmin class uh, from, uh, <laughs> look, <laughs> these, these, Predatory apex predators of the human species are—they're uh, everywhere. It's not—it's not just. Uh, wait for it. Wait for it. I'll find the button. It's not just the Jew. There's a lot of them for sure. They are heavily overrepresented. And uh, well, you could say, well, how come? How come we have a Rishi Sunak and uh, uh, what's the dude in uh, Scotland? Ham no, not Hamza. Anyway, the fact that you've got a Pakistani, a Indian, and a another Indian, I want to say, ruling over the United Kingdom. It's there to demoralize you folks. These people have uh, a modus operandi that goes back. And is once you see it, uh, well, more, more than... Uh, obvious but uh let's let's let christopher just uh explain explain that it goes beyond uh just what's happening around covid how come the us the the home of the uh the free and the brave where they celebrate throwing off the shackles of uh being ruled by kings and uh, recognizing the sovereignty of everyone and it let me just say this it wasn't it wasn't the well, it, it was a front group, the royals of uh, the United Kingdom. They were, they were, and the institutions of the United Kingdom were subverted in the 1600s. Please look at Oliver Cromwell, and uh, he allowed a certain group back into the UK. In 1666, you had the, uh, right, right as the Great Fire of London was happening, they passed something called the Sacre-Levy Act, and basically stole your sovereignty from you, unless you take it back. But uh, please, Christopher, carry on, if you could let us, uh, if you could continue with that list. Janet Yellen! Secretary of the Treasury, in charge of the money of our country, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew, Merrick Garland, Attorney General for our country, dual citizenship with Israel, Jew, Alejandro America, Secretary of Homeland Security, saying that the southern border is secure. 
saying that the southern border is perfectly fine. Your citizenship of Israel. Jew. Avril Haynes, Director of National Intelligence for our country. Your citizenship of Israel. Jew. Jeff Zaitz, White House Chief of Staff, whispering in Sleepy Biden's ear. Dual citizenship of Israel. Jew. Four star Admiral. Rachel Levine, anyway, US this goes on and on, and uh, we've got a, uh, a new clip from uh, Barbara Spector, the uh, <laughs> the in tip of the spear. Um, in America, let me put it this way, that seed was planted and you learned how to be a Jew in all sorts of different creative forms. You take that same seed of Jewish civilization and you put it in the sandy soil of Israel. Well, the roots have to go very deep in order to get water, but once they go deep, then you begin to have something so well rooted in its own soil and it begins to produce its own culture and we've had this privilege in israel of being able to to if, if america is the how to be jewish we can tell you what it is to be jewish what it is to create a culture what it is to speak in your own language and have drama and and poetry and art that is jewish and we can become a jewish what it is to be jewish you take that same seed of Jewish civilization, and now you take it and you bring it to the charred earth of Europe. Well, wait, the charred earth of Europe. Who the fuck do these people think they are? <laughs> I swear to God, um, you know, I'm glad the noticing is happening. And uh, the fact that these people are not signatories to uh, biological and chemical warfare treaties uh, just means that my BDI of suspicion is falling on them as much as it is uh, the Ching Chongs. So, uh... And as someone who I love very dearly once said, you know what? Where's the grass growing underneath the ashes? I want to tell you now about Europe. In order to understand the catastrophe that's taken place, this earthquake of October 7th, let's understand not the Europe that you have in your mind of the black and white pictures of the Holocaust, but a new Europe. And now I'm going to speak to you again in three, in threes. I have to talk to you about three contexts for this new, for this European Jewry. It's based upon the notion of a new Europe. Okay, Lyra? There were three things that took place in Europe post-war, after the war. The first was uh, a series of, much under the impetus of the United States, three, uh, a series of treaties meant to really eradicate the, the blatant nationalism that had been... <laughs> uh, eradicate our nationalism uh, linked to our culture and our boundaries. Uh, how about this? I'll be careful, the boy's next to me. Fuck you, bitch so destructive to Europe until the, the end of the Second World War. <laughs> These fucking people, man. In America. Shut it. All right. Uh, anyway, I had that, the noticing going on at the moment. And uh, look, um, you either try to understand the threat actors that are out there, or you can go back to uh, chewing the cud. And... Um, my American cousins, oh, God, you've been so led up the garden path. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're having to notice now. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. She's Barbara Lerner Spectre. Yes, yes. Um, look, man, let them do their thing. 
Right, but just uh, how about uh, what was the discussion we were having the other day uh, with David, which is, you know, it, it's right to be talking about group group strategies from an evolutionary perspective. And he's makes a very cogent point, which is as a group strategy, it would make sense that they would want to um, camouflage their actions through the use of things like mass migration. They want to diversify cultures so that it's harder to notice. And when you do notice, uh, the uh, the framework of uh, racisms can be uh, brought down on you uh, with a devastating effect it would seem and ah, just uh, just as I'm going off on one and I don't know I don't know if I'll even get to science now because the technical issues have just irked me and my back is irking me and but who is it who put this in the uh, 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 ba, 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 ba. let's see it was kdam <laughs> let's uh let's let's listen to uh this erudite gentleman the fact that jews think they got that much damn gravitas to where i need to be reprogrammed and sit down with one of they motherfucking rabbis fuck you and your rabbi <laughs> I gotta sit down and have this nigga I've never met program me bullshit. I don't know you. And then we sit down like kids listening to this motherfucking locks and bagel eating ass nigga tell us <laughs> about his religion. And I'm supposed to just, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. It's a boss, it's a boss. I'm sorry, boss. Sorry, I said something, boss. So I said, I didn't really say anything, but I got too close. Sorry, boss. Sorry, boss. You want to talk about white people. Jews want to talk about what white people can do. White people don't have your black ass sitting down begging. Y'all don't hear me? When's the last time a white person had your black ass somewhere begging and asking for forgiveness? When the last time your ass had to learn something about Christopher Columbus? Had to learn something about Queen Elizabeth? When the last time your black ass had to learn something about... Uh, I, I just point out, sir, that uh, Queen Elizabeth is one of those uh, Rothschild fronts that have been a part of the continuation of the subversion from uh, that Cromwell fella. Andrew Jackson, when the last time your black ass had to be forced to sit down by some white man to listen about his ass and his damn Christianity and his damn Catholicism, when the last time a white man was able to punk your black ass like that because you said something about them, because you called them an animal, because you called them the devil because you call them anything you want to sit up there and have jews tell you about how bad black people white people are but they the ones that got your ass crying and begging and shit who's your real master black folks who your real master you got <laughs> jews telling you this is the anti-copeland <laughs> uh touche bro how bad whites are but whites don't have as much power as jews have you noticed they get mad when you make jokes about jews being good with money why are they upset about being good with money that makes no fucking sense until you look at the context of it that a lot of countries they were kicked out because of how they handled <laughs> money what is the greatest trick that the devil played on man that he didn't exist. He's not real. And the Jewish supremacy, they make sure they hide it in plain sight.
Word. Um, <laughs> and yep, yep, yep. And again, this. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I often think that it, it's part of being in the the new world. New world meaning like the colonies, etc. That there's a sort of disconnect from the I don't know the the organic history that comes if you sort of grow up in Europe and uh, you you've gone through the noticing already and you've you've had the question why uh, why 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 would such a generally idyllic high functioning part of the world be so prone to uh, how should we say catastrophic catastrophic uh, political geopolitical uh, blunders and it's not until you start peeling back the layers uh, to uh, look look at what's hiding in plain sight like uh, my here so eloquently put um so <laughs> i think all right i think um uh, i'm done with uh the jew for today and we will uh move on with the stream uh let's see rna einstein and hawking would hate it uh the two particles could cancel each other out um i don't know um i don't know if i want to do science right now i'll do one one bit of science right which is just as far as I'm concerned, vaccine vaccines gone fucking bananas in terms of where they would want to take the science. And um, I should, of course, shout out our one and only Laura. And uh, <laughs> I I can't believe that I saw this yesterday. I'm I'm still struggling with uh the ramifications of what it would be how about some war porn uh do i want to look at war porn um it's incredibly depressing right now to see um again just the carnage in the ukraine and the you know what's now become a forgotten war when you think how much they punked people over the last 18 months with their virtue signaling ukraine flags and they um essentially robbed well the, the everything where everything was just hand over money weapons etc this is all taken from the peoples of different uh, countries european the west and you're just you're just watching the reality of armed conflict just emerge daily and you know short of i don't i don't think you see very large movements across the front because the accuracy of these weapons and the power behind these weapons is such that um you 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 have to be I'll, I'll just put on me uh put on me medals and uh talk about around my years in uh I've never had to go to war, thankfully. And the um the reason what well, the reason 
I'm just incredibly grateful that um, things, elements in my life just made it that I wasn't able to, I, I tried to sign up a few times as sort of career options, but am I just visa statuses or the fact that, uh, in, this, in this instance, I'll thank Israel because because I'd been in Israel and I went to go and sign up in the UK, they wouldn't let me join because I'd been in, what well, well, I don't know, I guess they consider it a, um, back then, less than a friendly country. I wanted, you wanted to go to war, says the wife, maybe back then. Look, uh, let's just say my rage boner for Mohammedans would have been, uh, I, felt, I felt more than justified considering the violence that I'd seen meted out on my streets without retribution. And uh, yeah, I was, I was caught up in the psychology of uh, vengeance in this instance when, um, you know, as I've got older, uh, I realized that um, that's just immaturity at that stage. Uh, they thought I was a Jew. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but I'm thankful that they wouldn't let me join in this instance because I would have had to had to go. Um, all right, so Ukrainian refugees get money and housing while native-born Americans go homeless. And yeah, look, there's a... There's a um, that this is a difficult moral and ethical quandary. Of course, the indigenous or the, the, the it's not it's not a word you can use for the new world, I guess. But the uh, the extant population and who who are because of the way systems have been hijacked, where there's no longer a um, there's not a or well, the opportunities become less and less and it becomes harder and harder to uh, maintain a family, maintain a roof over your head that uh, everything's been fueled by usury, uh, usury who's, uh, how shall we say, initiated by a certain uh, certain group has, um, has enabled an erosion of our... Um, safety nets i guess for want of a better expression and look I, do, I i don't want to see government dictating um like welfare states can do right but i'm of the opinion that there should be considering that they take so much in taxes there should be a basic safety net for people and particularly people who you know for whatever reason they don't have a roof over their head they struggle to eat, it shouldn't be used as a tool of uh, social control. But I, I like the fact that um, we've become civilized enough to have a safety net there. Now, people coming from Ukraine and going to European countries, I'm sympathetic to because those are Europoid people and who are essentially conscientiously objecting to a war that was foisted upon them by neocon interests and in, in this particular instance um i would i would like to think that we could take the sting somewhat out of the people who were going around and uh, press ganging 
people into military service and frying them onto those meat grinder front lines, etc. And um, so I'm, I would rather give those people shelter than the hordes that are coming over from the third world, to tell the truth. And um, should they take precedence over the uh, the the locals in this instance? No, there should be flexibility for both, and you know there should be dispensation given to them for um, to be able to work rather than just uh, take off the uh, social security systems. But um, you know what what what's what's the alternative? You put the, you you send them back to an active war zone. Now I, I get it that there are war zones everywhere from you know, Timbuktu to uh, Europe now, and the the premise behind well the well ind- individuals who are fleeing conflict zones should be the laws were that they should be able to go to neighboring states and they should be given shelter per se and um in this instance again a european nation uh we should we should do all that we can to take the sting out of that war as much as it as much as it's painful to see them getting um special treatment over the locals not that i'm saying that that's right but um, rather that than use it for fuel for another war that's rapidly spinning out of control. Uh, check Skype. Oh, wow. Um, they are admitting... Yeah, so Charles is being admitted to the hospital right now. So um, prayers for Charles. Uh, all right, so I see Ukrainian refugees driving better cars than American. Yeah, look, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not um, condoning that. I, I really am not. But I don't condone the, uh, well, essentially color revolutions and slide into conflict that has taken place driven by neocon posturing and um, politicking and we we're in we're in a situation where and why this is i'm not sure but um there seems to be a (laughs) a literal um, ge- geopolitical grudge against Russia, and I, I, I get about you know who who controls um, Asia, etc., and perhaps there's concerns about the Belt and Road. But in terms of sort of policy decisions, we've we've done the absolute worst, which is push Russia, and Russia consider themselves yeah, Slavic, but generally of European descent where we should have been bringing them closer. We've pushed them closer to China. And so now we've given, essentially, Russia's experience with weapons development to the Chinese. 
and maybe well maybe that's what they were aiming for it gives them raison d'etre for uh, fermenting more war and so as things uh, spiral into chaos in Europe and the Middle East they can then switch their attentions now and try to fuck up Asia where Asia you know what it's pretty functional over here and they can't have too much functionality right it uh, shows the disparity and the madness between where humans could be and where you've been taken all all us untermensch are subject to it and these these people can never be satisfied i'm afraid and i don't know you you either speak up now or uh watch your children get uh fed into meat grinders probably uh what's up with sergeant rixie um i'm gonna i'm not a doctor but i would say this i i think he has all the signs of um dysautonomia and probably from uh covid or consequence of his exposure to vaccines and um it's not it's not unheard of again i will just go back to this paper asymptomatic autonomic dysregulation after recovery from mild covid-19 infection um it's happening a lot and i i'm seeing this um dichotomy on twitter etc where people are convinced that everything is just the vaccine long covid is just the vaccine these types of uh, irregularities are, are just the vaccine of course it's happening to people who have received the vaccine but it was also happening prior to them rolling out this um this intervention and again you have to ask yourself why why are we in this situation in the in the first place it's all a consequence of biological warfare medical countermeasures research and who uh, it may it may it could have been an accident in this instance and perhaps if these programs departments of government who were involved in this who enabled this type of research to happen had said at the beginning ah look um we we were doing this and we we thought it was the right thing to do um even though obviously these were contrived programs after uh how should we say deep state uh, manipulation of the populace after 9-11 and the use of anthrax etc but obviously those programs um, spiraled out of control with billions and billions of dollars thrown at them and the um, the push to ever more sophisticated and one could argue better weaponization of peptides epitopes etc if they just the probably if they just said oh we fucked up um yeah it's likely that um an agent has been released but i think what we're looking at is something far more um malicious and you know you have to you have to do some sort of bayesian inference analysis and you look at you you see where how you weigh evidence and what did we what did we see as um china supposedly had the amplification of SARS as an agent and you don't think the other powers and I don't I I'm of the opinion that you can't just think in terms of countries you've got to think what what operates 
supranationally? What's the power behind the illusion where they've told you, <laughs> you want to mention, you think you're free, you get to vote every four years and uh, you think you're living in representative democracies, etc. That's That's all a charade as they were able to uh, continue to milk you and uh, essentially, I would argue, oppress you. But um, in, in that particular set of circumstances, they've, we have to look at the pattern that emerged as COVID started to emerge. And the fact that Iran, Russia, were some of the l worst outbreaks in terms of all-cause mortality, and seeing the trajectory of geopolitical events up to this point right now, and the fact that we're essentially in a hot war, not not some type of proxy war. They're literally they're literally on the verge of. Um, well, I don't, like I said, I don't know what a, a, an equivalent, a twenty first century equivalent of the first or second world war looks like. I would imagine it looks a lot like now. Only this time, what they need to do is to keep the populace from really understanding the scope and breadth of it and the type of weaponry that would be deployed. And if, if we've gone so far down the trajectory of, well, we have a ruling class who are, I don't know, they've bitten into the Malthusian worldview or they just think that there's too many of you too many of you noticing noticing the power structures and what it is that you're doing and what you've been subject to and so why not try and get rid of uh populations whittle them down and you do it in a way that is surreptitious in this instance you try to sneak it under the radar and that's why um, I think this paper, which we looked at, this one, this one, no, not that one, this one, no, this is the one I wanted to look at. Where did it go? This one, right? Transcript errors generate a continuous stream of amyloid and prion-like proteins in human cells. So it doesn't require essentially a for you to have a genetic cause for your cancers or your amyloid issues. It can happen at the translation state when the mRNA is made and the peptides are, are formed and you just need to get the amyloid ratio up, the prion ratio up, and then it's going to shunt you into a uh, probability space of where you're going to see excess cancer. So I guess I can I can just quickly. I was thinking of covering these papers, and I'll, I'll I'll probably do this this week, which is direct evidence of cellular transformation by prion-like p53 amyloid infection. I've covered p53 and amyloid. I did a whole bunch of streams some months ago trying to look at that and. I've, I generally tend to view stuff through a neuroscience, neurology type lens, but it's become abundantly clear that um, amyloidogenic protein misfolding is a key driver in these, in these types of disorders. 
And what are we seeing? We're seeing how do you take out the young? How do you kill off young people so that you have all-cause mortality that stays above the average in the young? Well, you either, you either um, shunt them into a state that Charles finds them in, uh, in right now, or um, you, give them, uh, you, you give them cancers. And this is, uh, this is what we're potentially seeing right now. And again, cancers being, you know, it would be extended out in time from when the exposure to that amyloid, synthetic amyloid causing agents were distributed. And I think that's a lot of what we're looking at. All these people flipping out about nanobots and uh, I, I don't think it's that sophisticated. They just wanted a way to um, whittle, right? And erode uh, populations. And in order to do so, essentially they've got to show their hand somewhat. And that's what we've seen. Well, some of us were noticing prior to COVID, of course, but um, particularly post-COVID, it's, um, it, it's something that can't be dismissed. And how to, how to talk about it? Well, talk about it in terms of group strategies. And this is, this is why I actually think the discussions with Duvid are actually very um, useful, right? Because I think Duvid's essentially a, a good actor in this instance. I don't think he's part of, uh, he's not part of the power structure cabal, right? And if, you, if you're to come to some type of uh, strategic solution, <laughs> that can be taken to <laughs> strategic solution. Uh, it, it, you, you're to develop a game theory type approach to how to deal with these types of power groups. Okay. Well, you have to think about what would be group dynamics, group competition, and what would be the strategies deployed across groups and how that would sort of aggregate and be emergent across populations. And so it becomes... You, you again bump up against the moral and ethical quandary of, well, if, if a ideology in this instance is responsible for the predicament, let's just say that, predicament that we potentially find ourselves in and that they've tried, and for all intents and purposes, you would have to work very hard to convince me that they've not tried to attain a let's say, a population management event, euphemistically. You, you, have, to, you have to come up with a language that uh, enables a, uh, a discussion that doesn't... You can't have arbitrary punishment against people who are not responsible, right? I'm not responsible for the predations of the Anglo-Zionist empire that has its roots very much in um the uk i'm um uh has charles had a full wc workup uh yes yes he has um uh 
hang on a second. I... So, sorry about that. The so what was I like like group strategy, right? So, if in terms of weapons development, okay, you you have to bring a a technology that would be able to cause or shift towards these lethal chronic conditions and then once deployed etc you you go for the end result and then those on the receiving end and we've established that uh, every group has a, a right to resistance in this instance you you have a right to be able to resist and push back against what they've done to you and in in this scenario how do you go about resisting <laughs> in a intelligent manner as possible where you're not engaged in arbitrary indiscriminate punishment against those who are actually innocent and this is where and, and like i said the whole point i'm trying to get to is that they that you should be thinking about the ideologies and the best way i can think about trying to do this is that there is as much as there was an analysis of um, Islamic reasoning behind jihadist-type thinking and their their worldview, the same should be done with respect to Judaism and all of its, uh, how should we say, um, I don't want to say philosophies because it's not philosophy. Theolo theology, philosophy, eschatology. We need to think up another um, word that sort of covers that. And how, understand how they view the other. That's the important thing, right? And because it doesn't matter. And again, you get into this um, state of, it doesn't matter what you believe. You have to understand what the other believes so you can anticipate and understand their actions over any length of time. And that's the situation that we're in right now. How do we understand how these people would think? How, how do we understand how something like eugenics could be emergent? How could we understand that we could have a warped scientific Mm. Or our, our, our scientific institutes have been warped in such a way as to be antithetical to, uh, I would argue, human existence, where they're looking for overt control and one could argue <laughs> the, 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 the slide into genocide and... Um, 
<laughs> you could think about that as arbitrary, arbitrary punishments meted out by them as well. But we have to understand how our institutes have been taken control of such that that ideology could become so predominant. How come so many of the positions of corporations, and this is the place that you've got to be looking, it's in the corporations and your governments are corporations too. How come that a particular group is so overrepresented? And does it mean that all those in that position are overrepresent uh, are um, essentially going along with the program? No, it doesn't. But are they keeping quiet because they're benefiting from the status quo? And if that's the case, then we have to we have to enact strategies to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And I, I'm I would presume that that would involve an infliction of well, I don't want to say pain, but aversive stimuli so that there's there's error correction and feedback and, and modification of, be, of, of behavior over long term from where they're, um, they're operating from, the space that they're sitting in and viewing the world from. And again, you could argue that this is, it, it's just game theory dynamics, evolutionary dynamics, et cetera, et cetera. And um, maybe so. And in, in a in, you may have to exist and work with those parameters always. It may have always been there. And I made the point last time, or was it last time I was streaming? The, the kerosene soot is taking its toll on my brain even more than usual. And the, the, the point I, w I was trying to make is that we, this hasn't happened in a vacuum, right? And there is millennia of interaction that has occurred where you all groups have been co-evolving with each other and developing strategies and um, countermeasures in this instance, I hate to use that phrase. And it, it may be that this dynamic is always going to be there and you can't, you, you can never remove it entirely. And we have to accept that. As some as some of the base frameworks from which we we have to operate if you if you're going to try and do this as ethically as possible um, but then what I'm stuck with this one what do you do how do you how do you how do you remove that influence that's a tough one man I don't know I don't know. I, I'm. I don't think I want to be the one making that decision. I. I would. There are people like my job is to pick through the the messy biology and to look at what's the constant around the uh, the incapacitation and disease mechanisms that we're seeing, and you know the focus on prions and amyloids has been. It, it's been a solid hypothesis. And it hasn't required much adjustment. It's refinement and accruing of more data. And, you know, I would have been happy living my life just being concerned about amyloids in the brain. And even then, it was only part of my job. I was more interested in consciousness and how the brain, how the brain manifests it in terms of um, neural processing, et cetera, et cetera. This... This, that was my interest. I, I was forced uh, 
forced through necessity to learn about neurodegenerative disorders. And, but now, now I find myself having to um, work through this, this biology as well, cancer biology. And we should have more experts bringing together their accrued professional experience and talking about these phenomena rather than it just falling on a few people's shoulders to do this in uh trust me it's not it's not lucrative doing this okay you come under a lot of pressure especially if you do it in the way that i do it which is to try to push the overton window to a point where um what you know people would uh look, look at what i was saying four years ago and just wouldn't countenance what it is that i'm saying but now oh it just it, it's in the it, in the realms of normal discussion and now strategically what do, what's the problem we have well it's the splintering within sort of special interest groups and that's something that that they've learned to weaponize as well and they they will continue to do that um for as long as they can and um <sighs> all i wanted to do was build the best hand-built automobiles in the world and they fucked around and about to find out um uh maybe this isn't eugenics it's dysgenics um well it's like you could argue that eugenics is of is well, the arguments given for it is to try to remove weaknesses within populations that perhaps evolutionary pressures would have done in more uh, raw environments, right, where disease would take you, et cetera, et cetera. And um, in some instances, I can, I can, I can actually understand the merits of that to some degree, but then, you know, where do you draw the line in that type of thinking? And, you know, then you get into the place of, well, who's, who's the tyrants and everyone can be a tyrant um, in this instance. Um, Charles says, I'm listening along guys. Thank you for the prayers. Yeah. You, you, uh, you get well, Maureen. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I say. Um, let's see. Did George get vaxxed and fully boosted? George. Soros. I don't know. Um, how come none of our glorious leaders didn't get myocarditis or blood clots? Fake shots, perhaps. Ah, well, look at what happened in Australia. There was a whole bunch, right, as they rolled out AstraZeneca, where they all got um, uh, Bell's palsy and uh, clotting disorders. There was a bunch of them. And, you know, we know that there is the type 1 and type 2 um, process with respect to making these uh, medical countermeasures and maybe one is far far better than the other in terms of uh, inducing a uh, I, I, I don't want to say immunity because it seems to me that the the fact that you have to keep taking them is in, indicative of a therapy rather than or a palliative rather than a vaccine understood in the traditional sense and so um perhaps they just got the good shit and the rest of us got the actual shit that was made by um <laughs> bacteria you find in shit um it's 
it is what it is, I guess. Um, and I know I'm not doing much science today. And I'm picking up the pieces. And um, I'm worried about my friend, to tell the truth. That's that's what I am. Uh, let's see. Mass medical mafia, maybe. The problem is, is that you've, you're, I don't think, like most people, most of the operational personnel in medical systems, I think are, are their hearts in the right place. What we've seen is a lack of critical thinking and a lack of a bit cross discipline understanding. And we've had too much deferral to diktats from on high and expertise. And if you want like a classic example of just an expert who was way out of his depth, go and see Christie's interaction with Peter Hotez as he completely misunderstands what a lipid nanoparticle is supposed to do. It's a hilarious exchange on Twitter. Um, and these are people that we've put in heart, put in charge. And again, uh, what uh, what uh, what nationalities is Hotez? And again, you've got you've got all this penetration into all your critical infrastructure and institutes. And if if there is a power group within that population who is able to, I don't know, again push put their fingers on the scales as it were as they try to press their aims and it seems it seems fantastical that we could be looking at all these events as they kick off but particularly geopolitically and think that 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 could be orchestrated by one particular group or power groups way way up the food chain compared to we are that they they wield such power that it's essentially incomprehensible to us and I, again i would be i have to be intellectually honest and say if i was further up that food chain would i be having these types of dialogue and trying to bring um a degree of analysis you know usually reserved for um, scientific institutions to these types of problems. I don't know. I like to think I would have um, said no to this type of um, abhorrent ethical behaviour. But um, once you're once you're ensconced in that system, it's probably very difficult to extricate yourself. And what have we seen? And look, I know most people that have been paying attention are not surprised by the uh, the Epstein lists and the uh, the degree to which scientists were involved in this we can call it a conspiracy I guess and in this why were they doing that well you need to you need to seize control and you need you need to have a influence over how the authorities that people look to right and what what had we done we'd sort of deified human institutions and elevated scientists and um academics to ah, I, I don't want to say um like a, a deistic form but um in a sense we've become enamored by 
the ability to which we've become technically proficient. And because these people were technically proficient, a lot of people look to them for, for guidance. And all, all, those, all those systems were essentially corrupted and they were using the... <laughs> you use paedophilia, right? And the penchant for um, sexual degeneracy. And you use that as as a hook to get these people, right? But so once once you've climbed up that food chain enough, and oh, you know, you suddenly own shares, and you've got, uh, um, you don't have a few thousand in the bank; you have a few million in the bank. And you know, realistically, with that that type of money, yeah, you could do what you want if you if you live uh, modest means. I don't even mean modest means if you've got a few million. You, I, that would be a baller lifestyle as far as I'm concerned. But, um, you know, it's never enough once you sort of get that money. But, but how do you maintain control over people once they've um, removed themselves from the normal control mechanisms which are there, which is that people are, are subject to um, usurious um loans and payment uh, repayment programs and they're constantly stuck in the rat race to the point where you have to work your whole life essentially to pay off uh, a mortgage on a house and get your children through um, education university particularly in the west and um, once you're freed from those shackles then what do you do how do, how do you maintain influence over these people and it's blackmail and we shouldn't be surprised at seeing so many thought leaders, let's put it that way, on these flight manifests. And it's not just Epstein. Epstein is just the, how do you say, it's a major node. And I think behind the, the power behind making such a network like that realized if they were going towards a fundamental change to culture, the world, geopolitics, everything, they had to make an example. And, you know, the Epstein network had been somewhat compromised already. Um, and people were sort of onto what these people were doing. And so that was shown and the message was sent that it didn't matter what position you had, the, the power behind it would trot you out in front of the public. And that is a powerful message to send to people who know that they've got <laughs> skeletons uh, baby skeletons in the in the closet and that's probably what we've seen be deployed as we've seen this cascade of events unfurling and that you're you're not a conspiracy theorist for looking at it you're not a conspiracy theorist for trying to understand what these pathological mechanisms are why why are we talking about you know what would be a niche area of medicine to be talking about prion disorders and um amyloid like uh, disorders well it's because they wanted to deploy that as a weapon and in doing so they had to 
make sure that the battlefield was as favorable as possible. And that meant making sure that you had everyone in line so that when you click the institutions into place to make sure that maximum effect was achieved, you, you got your aims. And by any metric, they were successful. And so I don't, I don't think you're, you're going to see them caring that much more about uh, people talking about vaccines, etc. Because the, if, if the disease mechanism that we're talking about was, so, um, was successful, they achieved their goal. They put it into billions and billions of people. And now you just sit back and wait. And if it worked, great. If it didn't, eh, well, you wait a few years and then you try a, uh, <laughs> you wait for the technology to develop so that the people, again, you've got a mass population who have looked in and keyed into this particular attack vector. You know, what comes next in the, you know, with respect to scientific development and um, who, who knows, and you know, yeah, we are we're, we're moving into an era of sort of synthetic biology and um, the attack vectors that could come from that are, are probably going to be way way more complex. Um, let's see. Eugenics would be a fine old solution to his problem. The what is Tolly Doc's brain? I'm not sure what that means. Uh, if the stations make you drift, just focused at the nearest new. I don't know what that means. Welcome to the vortex of oncology. Mm. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to. It wasn't my interest academic. If I wanted to study cancers, I would have done that um, thirty years ago. I didn't. I wanted to study the brain and consciousness, and you know, to to. It's a sort of axiom that if you want to understand a complex machine, when it goes wrong, it can kind of give you insights. It's, of course, you can't explain everything, but it does give you insights into the operational mechanics, as it were, when things do go wrong. All right, so in my opinion, fuck prions, the biggest problem is priming the adaptive immune system while a highly mutable virus continues to circulate. Um... Yeah, but what is that virus doing? How how come the virus or, or these pathogens are problematic? Because they seed prions. And this, this was one of the things that I wanted to talk about. I'll talk about it this week. Um, this one. Peptide fibrils as, uh, as vaccine, a proof of concept. Now, just listen to this. This is fucking bananas, right? The potential of amyloid-like fibrils formed by peptides as vaccine candidates was investigated using a fragment of Ebola virus glycoprotein. Now, remember, we've got to the point where we now understand you don't just, you don't just need the fully converted peptide to initiate the prion cascades. It's enough to have catalyzing epitopes. So what are they talking about here? Well, they're going to take a segment of Ebola and a section that they know causes amyloid fibrils. This is how, this is how deranged they're getting. 
So peptide in fibrilla form were found to induce an immune response to the full-length protein without causing cellular toxicity or significant changes in hematological studies. I'll get to why I think that's a problem in a minute. The ability of the study peptide fragment to oligomerize and form amyloid-like fibrils and intermediates suggest potential implications for the virus's mechanism of action on cells. Yeah, so we're starting to get to the point where we understand that the pathology it's driving, like the real, real dangerous pathology, is the formation of amyloids, prions, etc., etc. And this is, what, this is why they've barreled towards this as they've honed their biological warfare research. Uh, where were we? The ability of the study pep, peptide fragment to oligomerize and forward amyloid-like fibrils and intermediates such as suggest potential for implications for virus mechanisms of actions on cells, particularly those of the immune system. Additionally, if native GP2 epitopes are retained in the peptide fibrils, they may serve as effective immunization agents due to their autoadjuvant properties. <laughs> Basically meaning that you've got these toxic, uh, you precipitate via prion-catalyzing epitopes, and then you have, um, you maintain the antigenic epitope in there to try to stimulate the immune system. Uh, however, it is important to consider the possibility of cross-reactivity with human proteins. Yeah, no fucking shit. These findings provide valuable insight into the potential use of amyloid-forming peptide as vaccine candidates and highlight the need for further research into their immunogenic and adjuvant properties. This is the point where we've got to in this type of research. And what do we know about prion and amyloidogenic mechanisms? That once they're forming, they're basically being budded off in exosomes and lysosomal vesicles and spreading around the body. You aren't going to be able to check the long-term consequences of this in a small study, particularly in something like rodents. And there's no way, there, there is absolutely no way in my mind that you could justify going down this pathway when we know that the escape mechanisms for these amyloids is operational at such a fundamental level. But this is where, this is where they're going right now. And the, the fact that this popped up on BioArchive, and thanks again to Laura for finding it, I find absolutely stunning. It's a Russian study, but um, the fact that it's emergent right now, I think what you're seeing in the public has probably been being done in, how should we say, defense and public laboratory, laboratories that are not public or, or, or subject to the um, surveillance by the public. But, this, but here, here's where we sit, and this is this is a consequence of lack of cross-domain knowledge, I would say. Congress was exempt from the vax. Is that true? <laughs> I've got to check that. Congress was exempt from COVID vaccinations. Yeah, I, I want to say I remember that. But every other federal employee 
COVID. Fact check. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, did President Biden exempt Congress from vaccine mandate? Um, false. Since President Joe Biden first issued an executive order in September requiring federal workers to be vaccinated against COVID-19, some have expressed outrage at what the, they wrongly assumed was an exemption given to elected officials. Why are elected officials exempt? Read the caption. Uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Um, does President Biden's mandate include Congress? Red words on the image. And below Psaki, caption explained the supposed answer. No, members of Congress are exempt from the vaccine mandate. Underneath, Morgan Fitt. Oh, yeah. uh, let's see. This post was flagged as part of Facebook's efforts to combat false news and misinformation. Biden instituted his mandate on September 9th, 2021, as the Delta variant was raging for the US. He ordered healthcare workers, executive branch workers and contractors to do with the federal workers to be vaccinated. He also ordered private businesses with more than one. Yeah, but what about fucking Congress? Um, well, the question of whether Biden's vaccine mandate for federal workers and contractors can be caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not telling me about. <laughs> there's nothing in there. Wow. There's nothing in there about fucking Congress. It's false. And then not. they don't say anything about Congress. Biden instituted his mandate on September 9th, 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also ordered private businesses. We did that. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court rejected that part of the mandate on January 13th, saying that Biden overstepped his authority by targeting private businesses. But the court did allow the mandate on healthcare workers to continue. The mandate for federal contractors is in, on hold after being blocked by federal court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Congress? Uh, while the question of whether Biden's vaccine mandate for federal workers and contractors can be enforced is for the courts to ultimately decide, the question of why members of contract, uh, Congress are exempt is a simple one. Biden doesn't have the authority to impose a vaccine mandate on them. So they are exempt from fucking vaccines then. <laughs> Another way to think about it is that members of Congress work directly for the people, not for President Biden said David Super, a professor of law and economics at Georgetown Law. He therefore has no power to give them orders. The same is true of federal judges. Yeah, um, all positions that, uh, why should we say, those uh, dual citizens and uh, <laughs> hold, uh, hold a significant number of positions. That's hilarious. As the name implies, Biden's executive order only applies to workers in the executive branch of government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the Congress wasn't forced to take it. Hilarious. All right. Um, does a bow tie have a nationality? Mm. I don't know. Um, how do you test for dysautonomia? Well, it's just um, you look for physiological um, dysregulation, like blood pressure and heart rate. And if they're, uh, or what's the, uh, oh, when you feel dizzy when you stand up. Oh, I forgot the name right now. Orthostatic, um, orthostatic hypertension, I think it's called. Things like that, things of that nature. Um, that's how you test for dysautonomia. And the thing is, there's not much they can do. 
um, some sort of symptomatic treatment and um, basically uh, psychiatric type drugs to limit or try to hold a um, anxiety, that type of thing in, in check. Um, our ruling, a Facebook post says that Biden gave an exemption to his COVID-19 vaccine members. This is not true. Congress belongs. Yeah, but they, they were still exempt from vaccines. So fuck you and your uh, fact checking. Let's <laughs> <clears throat> see. Hotez, I think he's a string of anal beads in his lab coat. Doesn't he? <laughs> um, uh, Hotez is very much Jewish. But adaptive priming is a more serious issue at the moment. Um, all of it's serious. And like I say, look, I focus on amyloids, right? Because that's kind of where my expertise is. But immune dysregulation is um, a, a critical that's that's a target for weapons development so um make of that you know i don't want to diminish the other um elements that are making people ill but the in terms of long term how do you kill people long term well you give them cancers and um cardiovascular disorders, dementias, that type of thing. And the way that you do that is through prion cascades. And prion cascades go hand in hand with immune dysregulation. But we kind of know that even if you sort of, you, you could tamp down the immune response, prion cascades still continue. So that's that. Once the adaptive is primed, the innate is somewhat sidelined. That's a big problem when a virus is forced to undergo hundreds of years mutations in a short time period due to vaccinal antibody. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm waiting to see when Gert Vandenbosch is correct or not. I'm still waiting. And so far, <laughs> he's he's missed the mark. Uh Lindsay's in the chat. Hey Kev, still alive, here to learn and listen. Um, well, we were doing a lot about those uh, dual citizens of uh, Israel earlier. Um, you might want to rewind the uh, stream. All right. Pathological and psychological weapons unleashed simultaneously. Yep, I agree. Once there's billions rolling out for grifting with the same MO, I live close to Biome Sniper LLC. Okay. Uh, Raspberry says I'm mRNA free. Um I'm not sure it's going to matter if if what we're seeing is, and I'm not saying it's definitively this, but if what we're seeing is the weaponization of prions, this is why I was spending um, a whole bunch of time around chronic wasting disease in the last year, uh, uh, in the last few weeks, which is that what that shows us is that prions are bioaccumulative in the environment and Infection from environmental prions is very much a factor when trying to understand infective or, or disease burden properties from those um, molecules. And 
if if people are shedding prions, which we there's no there's no argument in the scientific literature that that occurs. They come out through uh, feces, urine, sweat, tears, spit. Um, then you're you're going to be exposed as well as other people and as, as well as the vaccinated and you're still going to be exposed to the pathogens that are leveraging these amyloidogenic pathways as well and the only difference is that you you would with respect to boundaries and your immune immune boundaries are somewhat designed to cope with exposure to these toxic peptides and pathogens, right? Which is why if you're um if you eat something, you're you you'll essentially just vomit it out or um have diarrhea, etc. Or when you get um respiratory route infection, you'll you'll get mucus and coughing, etc. etc. Because what happens is is that those rapidly dividing cells get sloughed off and ejected from the body so that they can no longer um, cause the exposure. And you have to remember that some amyloids are worse than others. And now we know that we're dealing with SARS, we're dealing with prions themselves or, or the catalyzing epitopes for prions. And in that, in that scenario, I don't, again, I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> what happens and then well you, you can make extrapolations right so um we now have evidence that h1n1 influenza and i would imagine that there's going to be a whole bunch when we dig down into these epitopes which could prime the prion protein well, okay but we we understand that there's a uh a burden to society when that occurs and we but when you think about it the it's essentially what we say stochastic with where the where it happens and the amount that would be building up in the environment at any one time. Whereas what we've done now is take global populations and infect them at the same time with prion catalyzing epitopes. Now, what does that mean for buildup of prions within the body and within the environment? And I, in this instance, I don't think there's much you can get away with. Or the only strategy in this instance is slow it down. And the way to slow it down, well, we kind of know, is just to try to reduce inflammation and try to find ways to um, modulate those peptides such that they become maybe more susceptible to uh, protease degradation. That's that's the only way that I can see of moving forward. Um, there's no there's no shortcuts in this. I would say. Rumble went down. Did it? Yeah, it's 150 watching. What's the matter with you? Um, here, please, and let's do 
this let's just see if uh, anyone is supporting the uh, gofundme so the doc can <laughs> can't get the surgery he needs uh to fix his back and uh let's see how many we have um what's the date uh i want to say thank you to uh ooh, um rlk uh, much much appreciated uh more damn beans uh thank you very much uh welcome to uh fatherhood sir and uh facts much much appreciated the rest of you hang your heads in shame uh for uh <laughs> for being k26rs uh so where was i, I i'm just sort of meandering through a stream i'm not doing much science today I've, I've done the noticing and um i'm sort of looking at where i want to take the the science but you know just just for people who have wandered in and if you if you think i'm uh being overly dramatic around um preamps let's let's just see here let's let's pull up some of the restore or do, 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 do. that's that's 83 tabs worth and uh, ah, hey. <laughs> you had enough never enough Jiribachi, never enough um i need to uh, open that to know who to say thank you to uh um, all right so uh as these pages are loading i've got to i've got to try and remember the cross seeding so we were what were those papers that we did right so it was plants being able to take up um So this paper, right? So I, I would encourage everyone to go and read this paper, which is Effects Efficient Prion Disease Transmission Through Common Environmental Materials. Wood, plastic, metal, aluminium, and some plastic, polypropylene, maybe something like that, were all capable of transmitting infective doses of prions to uh, test animals in this particular scenario and the the dosage required is femtograms and femtograms is something that's essentially virtually impossible to to protect against it'll get through somehow um Uh, Lindsay was a postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, so yeah, I wanted to paste this into the chat. Um, everyone should file away this, uh, this manuscript. And at the same time, I was, the reason I went into this was because there was a paper that showed that they were able to um give or transmit prions through the soil and plants right 
and I, I would I, I need to there's too many here <laughs> I can't, can't figure out 87 tabs right now um Wasting disease, costing. Well, you know, here's a um, some hope, which is composting deactivation of chronic wasting disease prions. So it, it, you you're capable of getting rid of them, but uh, it requires uh, dedicated um, facilities. <laughs> Just look at the uh, the people uh, dealing with the deer prions there. That's uh, that's funny. Internal um, uh, server error. Why? Hmm. Uh, another paper that's gone uh, <laughs> has gone missing. Uh, oh, where's the paper gone for? I know where I'll find it. Bear with me. Bear with me, folks. Uh, hang on. I, I, the chat is running away from me as well. Uh, let's see. Biden is white trash. It happens. Yeah. What is lost on most everyone is the pandemic responses. Vaccines was directed by the U.S. military. Turns out the FDA, CDC, HHS had virtually nothing to do with it. Yeah. You're looking at a military response. Um, let's see, uh, yeah, people think meh and sheep go and bar. That's how it starts. Yeah, shedding. Then even an Alzheimer's non-Irish ID fart can rule out Mio. Don't know what that means. Um, Rollapodger says I'm unjabbed and got shed on. We're we're all getting shed on. That's um, aren't prions found in red meat more so than other meats? Um. It's a difficult one to answer because what we know about prions is that they tend to be systemic. And so they would be in muscle, organs, and um, nervous tissue is particularly dangerous. But the, I would, the saving grace is that prions tend to be species specific. So chronic wasting disease prions don't spread to humans. BSC, the bovine spongiform encephalopathy, uh, prion, cow, mad cow, that spreads, that seems to be a universal donor with respect to prions. And it's a, but how, how much that they can infect people is, I, I think, um, somewhat variable. All of it's going to be variable anyway. But if you have a particularly toxic, form of human prion protein and that's all happening at the same time that's problematic and so do chickens develop prion disorders i'm not sure they've even bothered looking to tell the truth maybe they have i don't know but um for sure it would be in the meat and remember we did this study um where was it muscle 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 this one right 
muscle abnormalities. And what, what did we have, what, what was the finding from this study? Was that patients who are, who develop ME, CFS, long COVID type symptoms, basically have amyloid buildup in their muscles. And so the, if you were to engage in cannibalism in this instance and to eat long COVID, people you would be exposing yourself through their through eating their muscle and of course we mustn't forget the uh the super prion hypothesis super prion isn't there a way where's the button that drops down the list so I can see the I'll figure it out later but um, this hypothesis is I'm not making something up super prion here right this this is part of the thinking out there with respect to the scientific literature is the prevalent human prion protein 129 methionine to valine mutation, a living fossil from a paleolithic panzootic superprion pandemic. And what does that mean? The fact that we see a widespread polymorphism with respect to the uh, type of amino acid that you have at position 129 in the prion protein, the fact that it's so common among the human population. Is that a example of humans being forced through an evolutionary bottleneck that only those with that, or our ancestors with that polymorphism were the ones that, that survived through a mass prion spread through populations? Now, did it happen in the past? I don't know, um, but it's... Uh, it's a viable hypothesis enough that it could be published in the uh, the wonderful journal Prion. <laughs> I, I'm, I I quite dig this uh, journal now. There's a lot of good stuff in it. But um, what does what does this study say? So for hitherto unexplained reasons, the majority of Europeans carry a missense mutation on one or both alleles of the PRP gene and hence express a variant of PRP with a substitution for valine instead of methionine in position 129. In fact, 129MV variant is very common in all populations except for the Japanese. Sporadic Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease is a disease rarely striking people below the age of 60, where homozygosity, especially 129MM, is a strong risk factor. Paradoxically, 129MV polymorphism, suggestive of heterozygote advantage, is one of the most clear-cut disease-associated traits of the human population. Yet prion disease is extraordinarily rare. The genetic basis for how this trait spread with such prevalence within human populations is still target to investigations and deserves attention. This short essay represents a somewhat provocative hypothetical notion of a possible ancient significance of this polymorphism, which is that um, there was, for whatever reason, uh, prions spread through the populations and took out anyone that didn't have the, uh, the missense mutation or the, or the advantageous polymorphism.
Uh, let's see. So, um, we all new guinea cannibals now yeah maybe uh the cognitive denial is everywhere prions or not people just got three years taking out plus fine finances across the planet and then wars yes what is fat angie doing i don't know but uh being fat um let's see i got gert too i don't know what that means i get gear too i mean how would the perpetrators avoid prions well you avoid the exposure to them Right, so you minimise the uh, the infective route it, through the viruses themselves, and you minimise the uh, exposure through food and community uh, exposure. And I, from what I can tell, and this is one thing that I've I've been trying, I wanted to aim for this week, which is. Um, this paper, I wanted to look at the uh, patent landscape, and this is a relatively recent paper, tackling prion diseases, a review of the patent landscape. But the, the simple fact is, is that, there, that there's nothing out there that can stop a, a fulminant prion infection. But what you can do is limit the, uh, the chance for it to express. And if you know it's out there, where, whereas others don't, then you, you're already at an advantage in this instance. And then you've, um, you use things that, you know, like hydroxychloroquine, like all those um, other medications which we knew stopped um, viral um, spread, viral replication. And then <laughs> you force your, uh, your, what should we say, competitor in the evolutionary space to get a, uh, a potential prion catalyzing epitope forced on them through a federal uh, mandate. So that's, uh, that's one thing I wanted to look at. Um, let's see, I hope I answered that. Circumcision is a bigger threat to humanity, maybe. <laughs> Uh, I'm all jacked up on steroids, Kev. If you need me to entertain you, I will. <laughs> um, sorry, where is that paper posted? The environmental one? I put it in the chat. I put it in the chat. And the other thing I was going to do was look for plants, plants spreading um, prions. Was it so long ago that I did that? Mm. 
plant vector. There's, there's the plant vectored. Plant as vectors. Yeah, this one. Right. So, um, back to the the point about um, how would you how would you protect against it? Well. Um, you make sure that your food is clean. And you know, this actually has a nice, just graphical abstract we can look at here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. That's really um, helpful. So what this study was able to show, I'm going to zoom in on it. Wow. Is that is that so shitty that... All right, I'll just do it here. So in... In this experiment, they were able to take prions. They're able to, um, you can make them easily in the lab. Grow plants and then complete the infective cycle by putting it into the test animal. So it's traveling through the gut up into the brain and then causing the neurological disorders that we all associate with it. And so if you were, if you were trying to avoid this then if you know that your food is free then you've already removed a very very significant environmental exposure and so i don't know if they've what food supplies they have and how much they would um have agricultural land where they would where they they know that it's relatively clean and if you were checking it all the time then you could be sure that your exposure would be minimal as well you have to remember that uh, a in most circumstances prion like disorders are generally long uh, slow long but devastating they're essentially they're essentially fatal but they take a while and so uh, this is why i think until we know for better we have to um, we have to presume that the infection has occurred and we're in a prion spreading um, paradigm at the moment until proven otherwise. And so your your job right now would be, I, I would avoid foods that have been, the more industrial uh, industrially processed they are, the more chance they would have of having and carrying infective prions. And so the closer you can get back to your own food or, or, the, or understand the providence of your food, the less chance of exposure by that route you would have. And the other would be if you're in high population density areas, you're going to be exposed all the time that way as well. And so you, you have to get away from um, other people. Look, I, I'm not in a position to be able to do that. If I could do it, I would. But I'm not. So, um, whatever whatever will be will be as far as I uh, for myself. Uh, I, I know I'm sort of pinging backwards and forwards. Um, his interview on V John Health and V John's interview with another doctor discussing his latest warning were most interesting. I haven't seen that. Uh, let's see, is that the dirtiest man in the world on the roof? <laughs> what that means? Uh, do you think bison have prion disease? Yeah, of course, bison can carry prion disease. Uh, is this Uber Bina? Yes, it's Uber Bina. Uh, Simon Phoenix in the chat. Good to see you, bro. We've never had this situation ever before happen in human history where we inserted ourselves into a global spreading pathogen. Uh, maybe. Uh, who knows about uh, our past histories? Um, 
you you can believe what you want about uh that <laughs> the goislop they feed you about uh history i'm i'm not so sure about that i'm very suspect of it right now uh let's see just doing basic real lab science work usable takes years of practice just sampling from tissue grow cells etc that's not in the textbook yes i agree so my machine is literally in bits the most bits like mine uh let's see lump and proles yes Barger encephalopathy. I don't know what that is. We'll have bird flu. It kills animals here, old people. That pathogen? Yes. Anyway, Rumble is fine. Delivering great via Andrew app to Chromecast. Awesome. Um, would you test the amyloid buildup in muscles with lactate or how to test? Um, you would have to biopsy and stain for using Congo Red or Fireflavin which is what this uh, this study did and it's you're not going to turn up into a clinic and get them to do that this isn't usually on the list of tests that are available and um, this is the figure that you want to look at but um, they're the muscle fibers and those um, fluorescent green spots are amyloid the problem with this study is we don't know what type of amyloid it is, which is, it's frustrating, right? If you've gone to this amount of effort, at least at least try to identify whether it's amyloid beta or if it's prion or what, what we now, on. I'm so happy that this study came out, we now know that there's a huge, huge long list of what could be prion um potential peptides and i don't know but that, off the top of my head i want to say they they identified 400 right now if all i wouldn't say all of them are as toxic as prion protein but um it, we're only now just scratching the surface of what this um means and it it fits with how i would how i would mentally think about these um disease pathways and it's the medical and scientific world is just catching up with it and i wouldn't say it's a case of uh it's it's being able to perform the experiment so that you could detect it and in this instance they've used a technique i've never heard of before which was circ circ rna which was basically forming like a plasmid of rna that they could measure and do quantificate quantification of and look <laughs> i can sit here and try and sound all smart and but i've never done that type of experiment i can sort of interpret the data with what it means with respect to amyloids and prions etc but there was there wasn't the technical ability in the public domain in order to be able to do this type of um in-depth investigation and the problem is, like, if if Lindsay tries to go to uh, a clinic and say, "Please test me for um, prion amyloid," they they would just check for the most basic prion um, amyloid beta, tau, and um, TDP forty three. Uh, sorry, TDP fifty three and fus. And the if if the disease causing amyloid is outside that, 
you would be very, very hard pressed to find any clinic in the world that would be able to diagnose it. And, you know, I think right now, when we look at the molecular biology of SARS-CoV-2, I think we're dealing primarily with prion protein misfolding because that's the, that's the catalytic signature that we can see in the molecular biology. And, but who's to say that if, if you're dealing with some type of next-gen biowarfare, that they haven't found other um, catalyzed, catalyzing epitopes and anything from that list of 400 that most people wouldn't be looking at. Uh, let's see. Nimbusel says 100% chicken meat develops prions. Yeah, I would imagine that it could. I just can't think off the top of my head at any. <laughs> we can. Uh, let me ask uh, ChatGPT. I pay for it, so uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's see what it says. Chat GPT. Uh, does poultry develop? <laughs> does poultry develop prion like disease? Yes, poultry can develop prion like diseases known as transmissible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the most well-known TSE in poultry is avian transmissible spongiform encephalopathy. Well, there you go. While it's much rarer and less understood than similar diseases in mammals, such as BSE, um, it's still a concern. TSEs are characterized by the accumulation of abnormal proteins, etc., etc. Yeah, so it's a thing. There you go. Um, all, all, all meats. Probably, I don't know, can fish, do fish have a, uh, <laughs> a prion disorder? Does fish have a prion-like disorder. Fish do not have prion diseases. It's a, it's a mammal thing. Okay. Uh, let's see. OHD. Oh, it's okay if you ask a goyim surgeon that fixes people in wards. Know what that means. Uh, 100% did that. Just got in. What's going on, fellow dead men? Um, we're praying for Charles. He's in the hospital. Let's see, they fed beef scraps to chickens, dead chickens, shit, literally, etc. Is that true? <laughs> I've got to check that now. Um, what was it called? Avian transmissible spongiform encephalopathy. Yes, big boy. Uh, there's something which is like download as for Metal Metal Quest. Uh, do you think uh, it might work for Vive? Um, I don't know, big boy. Should I try? Is is Roblox working downstairs now? No, but can I try the uh, Metal Quest version? Okay. The potential for transmissible sponge for like, uh, 2023 review. Oh my God, the, the papers just keep stacking up. I can't keep up with it. <laughs> Pigs and poultry in the United Kingdom have undeniably been exposed to BSE. They consumed the same ruminant protein that gave rise to the BSE epidemic in cattle, but there's been no evidence of an epidemic in these species. Experimental investigations have shown pigs to be susceptible to infection by multiple par uh, parenteral challenge 
but resistant to oral exposure with BSE-infected cattle brain. Current but incomplete evidence suggests that they are also resistant to oral challenge with sheep scraping. Yeah, we read about pigs being somewhat resistant. Studies in domestic chickens that indicate that they are resistant to both parenteral and oral challenge. Unfortunately, no published data exists on the susceptibility of fish to infection. Um, okay. Uh, Doc, you should get Hammerstrom and Nystrom on your tr on your stream. Um, they're uh, aloof uh, in terms of their presence, but um, if if I was if I was to sort of go back into try to you know do a um, another stint in a lab, that would be a lab I would be interested in going to. Um, let's see. My spell check, clitoral mutilation by Arab fanatics. <laughs> that means. Uh, let's see. Of course, H7N1 is global, but 70% of the population is not primed via vaccinal antibodies against it. That's the difference. Okay. Uh, thanks. Got the paper in Rumble. Doc, what is the deal with the calcium ion channel and its usage in seeding potential prions? Um, well, Calcium ion channels, I'm not so sure about, but um, calcium itself has to be tightly regulated in cells. And usually you can find aberrant calcium signaling as the one of the earliest signs of neurodegenerative processes. And why do they think that happens? They So your calcium gets sequestered in the... Oh, Got, uh, no, it's the endoplasmic reticulum. I'm really having to stretch myself here. Anyway, it, it's sequestered somewhere. But anyway, the, the the organelle that's sequestering that calcium tends to break down. It triggers calcium release into the cell. And then this is concomitant with a bunch of other early markers for neurodegeneration. That's, that's about as much as I know with respect to um, calcium in that instance. But... Um, let's let's ask uh, prion calcium receptors. Let's see if we can learn anything here. Copper dependent regulation of NMDA receptors by cellular prion protein implications for yeah. I don't know. I don't. Mm. Oh. Another neuroprotective effect. There was a there was a whole bunch. If you look in the literature of um, protective molecules against prion post two thousand and two, there's a whole bunch, and it's kind of tailed off as they've been tried, etc. And that's another one that I was trying to line up this stream, which was or this week, which was Congo Red. Um, because they have a bunch of molecules or isoforms of Congo red that they were trying. But again, nothing nothing really nothing stops the fulminant infection. Right. Uh let's see.
yeah, I don't want to bring my history up. There was a way to bring up your tabs so it would just all show down the side here. But anyway, who cares? If people knew what kind of people and trainees that does stuff in hospitals and can't even ask for an MRI, then you wouldn't. It's chaos. It's useless from a scientific standpoint. And that means if we were to induce adaptive response to H7N1 in 70% of the population, we see the exact same response as COVID mutates. It's Darwinian at its base. Maybe. Nimbusau says, fuck science. It's all about Jesus. Uh, you, sir, have been sold a bill of goods. Uh, let's see. On the tangents, JC was right at some point way back. Um, Goyam dogs for Jesus. Bumper stickers I have. Prophecy says humanity would be destroyed unless the Messiah comes. Um, yeah, I'm I'm taking that as uh, <laughs> just uh, that that Jewish bill of goods. I'm afraid. Abrahamism is what's being used to manipulate um, Western or, or the Western sphere. It's not a, it's not a thing here in the East. Um, there's no Messiah, just coons. Uh, let's see. You'll take my spam from my shaking Yacoub's seized hands. <laughs> yes. Then I guess his THC paranoia got in the mix. And out goes the prions. Yeah, 45% THC is getting to the paranoia level. Yep. I saw Darwin's house, by the way. Masks, no BS, no sick people. Everything was fine. No one coughing. Weather was like Spain. Okay. I give bison knuckles and bones to my dog. <laughs> There's a lot of supplements with glandulars in them that could be infectious. Yes. I'll show up to the clean room, slap my grass-fed Wagyu beef on the table, and demand I speak to the management to test it right. Um, uh, Doc can sell his pre-preon spam for a premium. Mm. Yeah, well, pork is uh, pork is one of the safer meats at the moment, folks. Uh, let's see. Testing for Lyme was the same. Basic CDC testing misses multiple strains of Lyme. Hey, yes, big boy. On the metal uh, when I first get on Roblox, I, I just created an account and after I did it, I, it said to, to like, get the, like, us app. I didn't know which, which app, but, like... Roblox, I should think. Oh, okay. Um... Tax evading blick, I've got a job for you. <laughs> for some reason, Roblox won't work now on the uh, on my downstairs computer. And uh, the young one is irked. And <laughs> I don't have the patience to deal with it. I've tried dealing with it, but anything I did didn't work. So anyone that's a Roblox expert out there one, and can tell me why it's not working. And it was working just a few days ago. Even though I've uninstalled it and reinstalled it, etc. Um, please uh, drop me a line. Uh, just to just to save being bugged by my kid every <laughs> every hour. Uh, let's see. Birds tend to attack parasites. They eat sea bugs. Yeah, it was settled science in the nineties that you couldn't vaccinate against coronaviruses with either subunits, attenuated, or live attenuated vaccines. But we did it anyways. Yes, we did. Kev, you should work for WEF. You are turning people off eating meat. Um. Well, eat pork. <laughs> well, eat eat meat that you know the providence of if you have if you have that luxury i don't so um i have to eat the goy slop from the supermarket as do my kids um but if i if i could i would um 
Scrapey is awful way for livestock to die. I agree. Um, I just feed your Salisbury salmon with cow brain. Here you go, global pandemic. Yeah. Um, and they put 50% ethoxyquine in it too. I don't know what ethoxyquine is. As an avid fly fisherman, the freshest salmon you will catch are still covered in sea lice. They fall off and die if they've been in fresh water for too long. Interesting. Yes, big boy. I got both dogs and um, I didn't uh, show like an open like button. It just said purchased and then got like well, I and should I? I want to check the files and it wasn't this. Should I just try opening Roblox? Try yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh, hang up. Fix trying to th otherwise he'll think I'm neglecting him. Uh, let's see. Uh, I see lice problem. I don't know. I eat raw salmon. I'm I'm in Japan. Uh, don't know. Cook or smoke the fish. There's no problem. But I only eat fatty tuna raw. Congo red is from. It's it's one of those uh, industrial dyes, and it's used for detection of amyloids. And the reason it does that is it sort of get between the. Um, the layers of amyloid when it does that it it's capable of um under polarized light it shows a green bifringence it's called uh let's see uh a nature paper to look at okay let's see in 15 years let's try and see what that says and you know the what's Unappreciated subcontinental admixtures in Europeans and European Americans and implications for genetic epidemiology studies. <laughs> I don't have time to get into haplogroups. groups. Uh, and remember to get right, get the right lab work done if you can find one with a working immune system. Yep. Uh, Dwight says just coons. That's right. Unfortunately, most of our pork processing plants in the US are Chinese owned. Coincidences and all that. It's time for your son to move on to Gary's mod. Um, I think so. And he's uh, that uh, thing he watches, whatever, Skibbity Toilet. Um, that seems like a Gary's mod uh, animation. Okay. Anything I agree with the Jews on swine is poison. I don't know, man. I like pork. <laughs> Whoever said that he should work for the WEF as a fucking retard? He just told you pork and fish and rabbit meat are good. <laughs> okay. Um, machine in bits. They can't be that aloof, surely. I'm booking you into the Hammerstrom lab. Um, well, I mean, I've got to get over there to visit. Um, let's see. Congo Red was the codename for CIA operative go-between in the assassination of Dag Hammarskjöld. Interesting. Tell him he needs to rebuild his OS. Um, yeah, but it's on my PC that sits by the TV downstairs, and I don't want to rebuild that OS. <laughs> there's, there's decades of stuff on there. All right. I can build a blocks node on the other box. Um... Okay. Um, all right. I am done. I think. I'm sorry. I didn't get to. Well, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go down the carcinogenesis. We did too much noticing 
today and <laughs> we'll we'll try to uh, focus on the science right the, t t there's only so much you can do about the noticing and the rest you need to learn about uh, the pathophysiology and what you can do and uh, to mitigate and the more you know uh, the better the better your chances all right let me just see if anyone else is not oh, I've wanted, I forgot who uh, it was white lung kung fu with the pesos much much appreciated sir you are not the k26r and uh let's see let's just do this one and say everyone else except no everyone else you are all part of uh, the group we're noticing all right uh i'm done uh i'm out of here the solution Simon has for all PC problems is just install Linux like a Spurg. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. All right. Um, I'm done. I will. I, I don't know. I think I've sort of ironed out the kinks and uh, the problems so I can get back to streaming. Hopefully, Commander Rixie is out of the hospital as soon as possible. Um Anyway, prayers for Charles. And, uh, oh, I'm, I have to do a stream 8 p.m. Sunday UK time, which I calculated to be 6 a.m. Japanese time. Uh, Monday, Monday morning, 6 a.m. So I'm going to do a stream then with some people. I don't know what about, but um, I'll try to at least sound somewhat cogent at 6 a.m. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm out of here. Take care and uh, God bless. And uh, remember, remember the words of the prophet Burgle. Um, you're going to need them. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these cappers. I will fucking kill each fucking capper. I swear. <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they actually say. Fuck these cappers. No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever throws you on fucking blood blood. Never. No. I will fucking die. Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. All that fight. This guy. Let up! 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 Let up!